Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome wherever you are joining us from in the world. We're thrilled to have you here today. You're on USA Global TV and radio. Our show is the film and music show, and I am your host, Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I am the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. My co-host, Madeline Chan, has the day off, so we send her her best. And we have a special guest who's also one of our team members here. It's Wednesdays with Jeanetta Barry. So if you haven't been over to our YouTube channel, please go over to USA Global TV and radio and you can type in Jeanetta Barry. You can see all the shows that she's been in. So today she is joining us to talk a little bit about her experience and her career in the entertainment industry. Let's welcome her to the program. Hi, Jeanetta. Hello, Dr. Jacqueline. In infamous Wednesdays, I think it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. We have a lot of fun and share a lot of good information to educate our office, our, our office, our, our followers. <laughs> Seems like an office, it doesn't, though. It um, <laughs> so, Jeanetta, you're joining us from Kenya, from East Africa. And you were here before talking a little bit about your parents and their role in the entertainment industry and their experience. And today we're going to hear a little bit more about that. And then we're going to dive right into you and your work. So tell us, yeah. for people who didn't see the first episode, tell us what they missed. I think I'm going to sneeze. So if I do sneeze, please there with me and yeah. everybody can go bless you together it might, <laughs> now i've said it it probably won't happen so that's good um yeah w uh, where to start in that my mum uh grew up in london and uh trained ballet with a, a, a famous Sadler's wells ballerina called phyllis bedells and so that's where her her theatre journey started. And she went onto the West End stage at the age of 16 um, for the very first time. She did a lot of the pantomimes in the West End, but she did do other other things like the musical Showboat, which is, uh, is set in, in Mississippi uh, with, with the, the boats on the river, a beautiful musical. Uh, she was in that. She was in uh, a production uh, which, as a full opera or operetta, is called Die Fledermaus from Germany, but they'd um, anglicized it. And she was in that production on the West End, and it was called Gay Rosalinda. And the, the costumes in that, when, when I look at those photographs, I mean, beautiful, beautiful costumes. She was the very one of the very first, if not the first, to do flying ballet in the West End uh, for one of the pantomimes. She was supposed to be a fairy and and she's, she went all over the place, all over the stage. 
doing ballet. I mean, Peter Pan was the first to fly on the on the stage in the West End, um, but actually to dance and and fly is quite a feat. So she was one of the first to do that in the West End. And uh, then the, the Second World War broke out, and uh, she actually en enlisted to the the WAFs, the Women's Air Force, and um, ended up on a top secret part of Britain uh, as a radar operator. So she tracked all the German planes coming over from Germany to Britain, and um, she had she was sworn to not tell anybody what she was doing. So it was quite a thing. She actually had her twenty first birthday. Uh, there, uh, down in Cornwall, uh, in the middle of doing all of that, and once war had uh, had finished, she decided she really couldn't take UK. It was really, really tough. There was no heating, very little food on rations, and it was just an awful, awful place to be. And you know, so much of London was in ruins from bombing, so it was depressing on top of it all. So she hopped on a boat and went to Cape Town. I met my dad on that boat on the Cape Town Castle and they went to Cape Town. Um, Mum went to be in the second show ever held at His Majesty's Theatre in Johannesburg. She was one of the leads in that with some very well-known uh, at the time uh, South African actors and and singers and so on so that was her introduction to south africa and then mum and dad decided that they'd start their own review company in cape town and um it was a very successful review company and in fact dad placed three people in in that company on the national map one became well two of them became very well-known actors one became a film actor and an absolute heartthrob with big blue eyes and everybody used to go oh joe stewardson such a heartthrob and the other one was a stage actor and the third one became a radio a, a very well-known uh, radio announcer on what was then known as springbok radio so that all came from dad and mum and then eventually dad and dad was uh, transferred up to east africa to nairobi with alexander films now in all that time in cape town he'd been with true tone records uh, 20th century fox um uh, just so many different scenarios that uh, and he was with african consolidated theaters as one of their their directors and in fact dad's pantomimes in in south africa people traveled far and wide to come and see them because he had absolutely stunning magic in them. By way of example, my mum was Cinderella in one pantomime and she was there in her rags. And we're talking about the, the, the mid 1950s here. So she's standing with the broom in her rags and then with a puff of smoke, there she was in this beautiful, beautiful crinoline ball gown. So my dad was, was quite amazing really. And he was sent up to Nairobi with Alexander Films, South African company. And at the time of independence in Kenya, because it was a South African company with apartheid, uh, uh, well, certainly not connotations, they weren't that way inclined, but because it was from apartheid South Africa, they had to leave 
and go back. And mum and dad said, no, they're staying. And that's when dad bought a gramophone pressing factory and a studio and took on the resident band. And the rest is history there as well, because some very famous songs have come uh, from dad's studio. And one of them has been sung by uh, Brothers Four, Pete Seeger, Harry Belafonte, Miriam McCabe. Um, some of uh, our viewers and listeners in the States probably don't know Boney M, but they're very well known in Europe and UK. And uh, another song by the Tremolos, who were uh, a UK uh, pop group in the 60s. They took another song, and that song was on the UK charts late 60s for six weeks in the, in the top 10. So, uh, you know, Dad's left an incredible legacy. And with that, I grew up in theatre in Nairobi, um, in amateur, semi-professional and professional. And mum and dad, apart from directing, they were also theatre critics. So it was an incredibly rich background. Whoops, sorry, I didn't know you were stopping there. Yeah, it, amazing. <laughs> I was like, I thought I'd gone on enough and chance to say something. <laughs> so did you feel any pressure, you know, with your parents who are so talented that you had to follow in their footsteps? Not really. It was, it, you know, as a family, if one of us was involved in a show, we all got involved in whatever capacity. So if we weren't on the stage, then we'd get involved backstage. My my father was a great believer in that, that it wasn't always be about literally being in the limelight. Uh, so dad did a lot of the sound on a lot of the shows. Mum often was the prompt in shows. Um, I was a little bit young to help behind, but if I wasn't in a show, I was at every single rehearsal, watching, taking it all in, getting the innuendos of it all. And if I was on 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 there, um, my dad would spend a lot of time coaching me and giving me subtle things to do on that stage, which would stand me out from the others. He He was very clever like that. So, no, there was no pressure at all. And, and of course, I, I grew up training ballet, which is another story I'd love to share tonight, um, with a, a Russian ballet mistress. And the backstory, her name was Madame Zerkovitz, and the backstory was that she was related to the Romanovs. And she trained ballet in Russia with the Romanovs. Uh, as a family, they would go off with the Romanovs on family, you know, in, in summertime to Siberia. And they, they were that close. And uh, when she was 16, the Russian Revolution broke out. And uh, her family managed to get out via, I think it was uh, Denmark, through to to Germany and she ended up in Germany and met her Russian husband who happened to be a butcher. Can you believe it? So this beautiful ballet dancer who 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 joined various companies, I think she was with the French ballet at one stage and then Germany married a, a, a Russian butcher. And um, they had a son. And then Second World War broke out, and and I think Costa was actually of, of Jewish background, so 
he went through to Turkey and, and Madam stayed on a little bit longer in Germany and then joined him in Turkey when it got a little bit too too difficult. And the story I've always known all my life was that from Turkey, um, they managed to get to uh, to Palestine in those days and get on a refugee boat from Palestine to the port of Mombasa in Kenya. And then they were uh, shipped up to uh, Savo, which is a game park that I've just uh, cycled through, um, into that refugee camp. And the Jewish fraternity in Kenya came through and gave jobs to all those people who were stuck in the refugee camp, regardless of who they were. And so Costa, Madam's husband, was was uh, put in charge of um, a processing meat factory on one part of Kenya. Madam was sent to the other part to a school in the Rift Valley, very close to where I am now, known as St. Andrew's School, to teach German and French. Because, of course, being in the Russian courts, they spoke French there. So she was fluent in French and fluent in German and obviously very fluent in Russian too. And so she taught German and French until she persuaded them that she needed to teach the girls ballet as well, which she did. And then there was another very interesting man who had managed to get out of Europe um, and get safely to Kenya too, an amazing musician and conductor called Nat Kofsky. And Nat headed up the uh, Kenyan or East African Conservatoire of Music there and uh, organized for Madam to come through. And they built her as part of the new buildings for the conservatoire, the most magnificent sprung floor ballet studio with wall-to-wall mirrors everywhere in, in the early 60s quite quite something for Kenya in those days and it's with that rich background that I started learning ballet um, dad did all the sounds whenever madam put on a theatrical production and um, yeah so so that was that background but the story of madam doesn't end there because I've been gathering notes and I've got all her photo albums here now I've been very very lucky to be um, given that that, that really uh, prestigious task, really, of making sure that they're kept safe. And um, in about four years ago, I decided to do a little bit more investigation towards my book. And we found out that at that time, four years ago, just released 50 years after the war, that actually Madame and Costa were British spies. And that's why she'd had to get out of Germany and he was spying from Turkey. And then it got too hot there. I think somebody had got on their trail and the British government had got them out of Turkey to Palestine and got them out of the out on a boat in safety. So what a story from the Russian bourgeois courts right through to a game park in Kenya through to this beautifully sprung uh, ballet studio in Nairobi and from there Madden put on the most magnificent magnificent shows that she made the stories up she'd 
she'd come into dad's studio and she'd sit there and she'd say, okay, Charles, you know, very Russian, and Charles, which is my dad, uh, we take Debussy here, hear that note, cut it there. And then she'd say, now Tchaikovsky, you hear that note, cut it there, put them together, same note. She, she just knew, incredibly talented lady, and how to make fire look like fire with people being the fire, or water look like water with people looking in, in, in a time and age where it wasn't so easy to do, and certainly not in a country that where it was easy to do and access that sort of thing. She had more theater in her than I, I mean, in her little finger than I have in my whole body. She, she was amazing, amazing. So that's the backstory on Madame Zerkovitz, Madame Vera Zerkovitz, and a lot of her students ended up getting into Europe, into top schools and, and performing all over Europe. One of them even became a bluebell in, in, in Paris. So it's quite a story. Definitely a story. And thank you so much for sharing it. It's nice to learn even more about you and your background, your family. It's it's fabulous. And I think you have some photographs you're going to share with us. Is that right? I have. Uh, I'll show you some of her, her ballets. Uh, I think that's probably the best. The first one I'll show you is this. This is the Bluebird Ballet. And there were... There was the bluebird plus bread and milk and the cat and all in the house at the time that the bluebird flies in and says we have to rescue the the princess and so i was one of the main characters in this ballet and i must have been about i'd say about nine no i'd be a little bit more than that about 10 years old and uh this this costume my mum made, uh, just to find it, there it is. Look at that. Wow, look at that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's my, my mother's sewing. It's a, leo, a white leotard and white tights. And then she got the fur and, and did all that padding. And um, yeah, so that was the one. And then in another ballet, I was Alice in Wonderland. Uh, mum did. Mum made my Alice in Wonderland costume, but uh, she didn't make the the bunny rabbit. It was already in existence. I think another mother had made it. But you can see the standard. Of... <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> Isn't it. Amazing. Um, so. Yeah, that, that, let me see if I can find some more. They're all together, so it should be easy to find. Um, oh, here's all the, all the parts that uh, went in search for the princess who had, I think it was the princess, or oh, I may be getting uh, ballets mixed up. I think it's to do with those two children who had been orphaned so long ago. It just goes to show how you forget. But uh, here, here's the main cast. These were the characters that were in the kitchen when the bluebird flew in and said, we've got to help these two orphaned girls. So uh, the, the girl on the far right in the tutu is an Italian girl I went to school with called Sonia Sensati. 
and um, there's the dog was in the kitchen. She was sugar. Sonia was sugar. And on the far left, that's milk. And uh, water is, is behind Sonia and the two mice in the kitchen. So there was the dog, the cat, the mice, sugar, water, milk, all went in search to, to rescue these. I, I remember now, the, the, the two girls had been, um, had been abducted by some evil force and um, you can see they've got patches on their on their dresses so you can see even those those costumes are really quite magnificent if you think about they absolutely it absolutely are and janetta are you in touch with any of these people no we've all gone separate ways around the world it's just so interesting how it's all gone by the by um I've got bits of the program here. Um, oh, this is where I was part of a dream. Uh, I think it's, it's the same, a, the same yeah. picture that we're seeing. Yes, just about to show you the new one. Okay. Um, so this one is part of a dream. It's a, a color, you know, in 1960s and 70s, color wasn't where it is today, of course and uh that's me on the far right and in the middle is the girl that was sugar in the last one we're a little bit older here this ballet was called the enchanted planet and we were part of a dream um that uh, uh was the, the princess was dreaming if i if i look at it that way so it, it's amazing how oh here we go here we're here we're we're in the same it's a shocking shocking photo but it gives you a, a soup song of what it's all about so here we were we were spring fairies so that's me in the middle and Sonia's on the right and actually Susie Emmett I'm I'm still in touch with uh, she's in UK she sadly has a She's in the far left. She's to, to my right on our left. And okay. Susie I'm still in touch with. She She's unfortunately had her only child was hit, hit on his bicycle. And um, so she's got dealing with him for the rest of her life. Very special boy, actually. Man now. Um, so that's Susie. She's in UK. No idea where Sonia is in the world now. And... Um, let me see if I, I oh this is a this one you'll I think you'll enjoy this one. This is um this is uh in the land of, of grandfather and grandmother. He she she wanted to take people to the land places where there were different lands. So the land of the unborn children, this is the land of grand grandfathers and grandmothers. And in fact, in the middle there, that's Susie Emmett again, who I was just telling you about, right in the middle there. But behind her, I don't know if you can see it very clearly, is a Victorian-looking grandmother. Can you see behind mm -hmm. her? Yes. There? That's my father. <laughs> <laughs> I my love it. My father dressed up as the grandmother, and my brother dressed up as a grandfather and where is your brother so my brother's to his right but you can't see him properly you can only see his arm and at one point because uh, these little girls and boys are doing the polka um 
And when they finished doing the polka, then the grandmother and the grandfather did the polka as well. So my father and brother were polkering around the stage and everybody thought he was a grandmother. He, he, he looked really authentic. It was really quite something, <laughs> quite, quite a thing. Um, Jeanette, are you in this picture? No, I'm not in that dance. That's one okay. dance I'm not in. Um, and all these ones are upside down, so I can't show them to you because they've been quickly scanned and I haven't had a chance to um, get them into order yet. Uh, but I'm just going to have a quick look and see. If... There was always Russian dancing in them, so you'd have Russian dancers. And often there was a, a, a wicked czar, I couldn't believe it. Um, in actual fact, going back to Susie, she became, after I left and went to University of Cape Town Ballet School, Susie became Madam's top dancer. She was the lead in another ballet um, all the years later. This one is um, actually Sheila in the middle here. And it's Sheila and Susie again. Can you share it? Sheila. Okay. Yeah, I'm just about to share it now. Uh, it's finding all the bits and pieces. Okay, so this is a black and white one. This is from the ballet production, The Legend. And in actual oh, wow. fact, that is Sonia Sensati again on, on our left and, and Susie to the right. And that's Sheila Barker in the middle. And Sheila's here in Nairobi. She uh, went on to teach ballet all over Kenya. And in fact, she also went to University of Cape Town Ballet School uh, long before me. She's quite a bit older than I am. And uh, she's the one that's entrusted me with all Madam's albums now because she travels so much. So I've been made the ward and the keeper. Um, so that gives picture. you an idea of, of um, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing what Madam was able to do in, in those times and days. But one of the, um, oh, here's a picture of her. This is her in latter years. And uh, I will get there. Uh, here she is. She was actually a very beautiful woman in her, her younger years. Um, she got quite cross and crotchety as she got older and a lot of people were very scared of her. I mean, I can remember walking in on her little class, you know, like four years old and there were puddles of, of pee on the floor because these poor little mites of four years old were absolutely terrified of her, you know, with this Russian accent. But she, you know, it was really intriguing. We call them madam-isms. So she, she had this thing about the word bottom because she thought it was a, a swear word. I don't know if in Russia you don't, in polite circles, you didn't mention bottoms. I don't know what it was. So we would be at the, the bar, you know, doing our exercises and she would say, tuck in the derriere, which in French is, is the behind, derriere. So we'd have to tuck in our derrieres. It was never, ever the bottom. If you said the word bottom, she just about had a hissy fit. 
So then she was asked to to choreograph a um, a piece for Midsummer Night's Dream at the Kenyan high Kenya high girls high school. They were putting on Midsummer Night's Dream. Of course, Madam didn't study Shakespeare in Russia, so she said yes. She'd go and choreograph this piece, and she arrived, and the director was saying, "Oh, Madam, thank you so much. Now this is what's happening on stage. Bottom is going here." And then bottom is going there, and then bottom will sit over there because those of you who don't know Midsummer Night's Dream, the main character is called Bottom. So, Madam stood there and she went, "Bottom, what is this bottom?" <laughs> and she, no, Madam, it's it's the main character, and she swept out and she refused to choreograph that production. <laughs> and the other wonderful um, story with Madam that I think people will appreciate, when Hair came out in the West End in the 1960s, late 60s, Madam was great in um, going over to, uh, to London and getting all the latest steps, choreographed steps uh, in London shows. And Costa, her husband, as I mentioned to you, was a butcher. So uh, <laughs> he had no theater in his blood whatsoever. I mean, we would be rehearsing at 11 o'clock at night and Madame saying, she, she'd get really cross and she'd say, you stupid girl, what are you doing? And then Costa would be at the back of the theater and go, he's had enough now. And he'd go down and he'd take her by the scruff of the neck and say, we are going home now. <laughs> and she's being pulled up the aisle saying, do another pirouette and then I'll just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets to the, to, to the hair, to the hair production, the production in the West End. She gets front row seats so she can see every single step that she can pick up in this modern choreography. And here's Costa sitting there going, because mm, he doesn't want to be there because it's so stupid. And of course, hair opens up and everybody's got no clothes on. <laughs> oh, I never oh, saw it. it. Yeah, they were naked in, in the original production. Wow. And, yeah, absolutely. So Costa's sitting there and his eyes are getting bigger and bigger. And all Madam's looking at is all the footwork. She doesn't care that they've got no <laughs> Until one of the guys comes down off the stage and plonks himself on Madam's lap. Absolutely naked, butt naked. <laughs> Wow. Amazing. And what did she do? Well, she was fine. She was sort of saying, get out of my way. I want to see you. And Costa, of course, said, this is enough. We are going home now. <laughs> but Costa, I have to see these movements. So that was the sort of upbringing I had in ballet. Um, then, of course, I was in other shows as well. Um, there was, I'm uh, just trying to see if I can find it, uh, Gypsy Baron I showed you last time, um, but Fiddler on the Roof was another one, but here, this was Sound of Music when I was nine. So I wasn't only in ballets, I was in 
um, musicals and plays as well. I haven't got all the photos for these, but this one I have got. Actually, they're sitting in a storeroom in another country. I must go and get them. So have you got that? Have I shared that to you? Yes. So that's the sound of music. Now, what would happen in Kenya was they would bring the director of that particular show from the West End. They would bring them through to Nairobi. They would direct or produce, well, direct uh, the production there with us and for us. Some of the actors got paid, which made it semi-professional. And the payment to that West End director was to give them a three-month free safari around the Kenya. Can you imagine? Mm, no, I cannot. So we had West End directors lining up to come out. Fiddler on the Roof was one of them. I was Tevia's youngest daughter in Fiddler on the Roof. And, of course, here I'm on the far left there as Gretel, the youngest contract child. And, you were great. Um, and there were... Uh, there was always two casts being children. So we were cast A and uh, the, the people behind us are cast B. And you're asking, who am I still in touch with? There are two people there. The, the girl next to me, actually, I think she's living in Zanzibar now. Her name is Pauline Boswell. And then behind her and over one, you can only just see her head, is Jackie Holt. And Jackie still lives here in Nairobi. So those are the only two I am in touch with. That That's it. That's, All the rest have gone their ways around the world. That's great that you're in so touch with two of them. That's, yeah. <laughs> it is. I love it's, these it's pictures. Aren't they, they're different. They're, they're definitely different. And as I say, I've done Oliver. Um, I was the lead in Oliver. In fact, that was the last show I did at 16 at the Kenyan National Theatre. And then we left for me to go to University of Cape Town Ballet School and Music School. Those days I had quite a good, in fact, a very good singing voice. I've unfortunately not kept it up. So, you know, at 64, it's taken a bit of strain. But um, it was good in those days. And so I left. And, and that's where that story we had... Kez on our show almost last night, where um, all these years later, four years ago, I was invited to go and dance again at the Kenya National Theatre. And I'd been 16 when I'd last been there. And in that time, the, the theatre had gone into rack and ruin. There were hobos living in it at one stage, druggies and all sorts of things. And then it's been refurbished. So I this show it was a dance show um and we adults danced to dance and as i entered that theater i knew that something significant was going to come out of it because some of you who might have been following me um might know the story of my daughter jenny who died at 16 to suicide and the correlation of the number 16 and numerology where you bring everything down to one digit, one and six is seven. And a dream I got where um, all Jenny's birth dates and death dates 
add up to seven and nine, and she was 16 when she died. So when I walked into the theater and went, oh, I was 16 when I was last, I last performed, and I went, ah, there's the 16. And um, we did the whole show, and I, I'm very mindful that when these signs start happening, you don't force them. So I went, well, whatever happens, happens. And we came to the last performance and nothing had happened, and I went, okay, well, whatever. And Kez, who we featured last night on, on our Global Adventure show because she is the most incredibly knowledgeable zoologist on rhinos, is also a dancer. And she danced in this show with me. And we were crossing the stage as the stage crew was striking the second set and playing music. And we got halfway across and Jenny's song that she absolutely was attached to at the time of her death called My Immortal by Evanescence, is actually about suicide, started playing and it's such a beautiful song. And I stopped and I said to Kez, you're not gonna believe this, this is Jenny's song. And she listened to it and she said, but it would choreograph so beautifully. And we went upstairs to, to the bar and the restaurant upstairs at the theatre and told everybody and Arnie Umion, who we are featuring next, uh, next week, next month, on the 10th of October for World Jenny's Day, he said, we, we've got to put on a production on suicide and depression. This is, this is a sign. And we did. And that's Insight, the production that we're looking to franchise worldwide now. It was burst in that theatre all over and around the, the number 16. So what a synergy that's been as well. And we're going to feature it a little bit um, next, next month on the 10th of October for World Jenny's Day as well. And Arnie and Juliet, Juliet um, was also in Insight beautiful beautiful dance um they're going to bring their dance company to perform on the 10th and then talk inside afterwards so what an amazing journey it's been with theater and dance in in kenya for me and for others wow what an incredible story that you shared today thank you so much it was really fascinating and i think the pictures really add a lot of depth to it so i'm so glad that you saved them you've got to go and get the other ones from the storage unit i have to because you know it's not in stuart's highest interest they're with my son stuart it's not in his value system so i just don't want them to be suddenly given away or chucked away or something because they're moving so it is it is on my list to make sure that they get uh, safely back to me before before anything else so maybe who knows in a in a show to come we'll we'll show some more i would really love that thank you so much janetta I, we have your banner here if you would please let people know how to reach out to you that would be great oh thank you thank you dr jacqueline well one of the ways you can reach out to me is the epiphany process and that's the process that I researched and studied and applied to myself and walked the walk and talked the talk after I lost my 16-year-old daughter, Jenny. And I've helped hundreds of people all over the world online with that process. And you can get hold of me there at my email address, Janetta, J-E-N-E, -E, 
TA at theepiphanyprocess.com or visit theepiphanyprocess.com website and, and you can contact me there. There's a form there. Or you can get hold of me at my WhatsApp number, which is plus four four, which is the UK code, triple seven four two three zero four six four. But in terms of this show, World Days Day is the one that I'd love to invite you to step in and come on an amazing journey with me, with us, with Dr. Jacqueline, with some amazing performers, all happening on the 10th of October. Jenny died on World Mental Health Day, which is the 10th of October. So we now have World Jenny's Day, and we use it to celebrate mental health wellness rather than to discuss how to fix broken people because i don't believe any of us is broken i just believe we're missing life skills and so we've got performers from all around the world we've called it where in the world is world jenny's day and we've got australia new zealand japan hong kong's just come on board as well so we've got Hong Kong, Ghana, Kenya, Wales, Germany, UK, and US and Canada. And it's going to be the most amazing celebration with some unbelievably talented people sharing to uplift the world on that day and make, make people realize there are always solutions if you're feeling challenged or compromised always 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 so i'd like to invite you if you'd like to get involved come come and um, speak with me if you'd like to perform we've got only a few slots left we really only have a few slots left um so if you would like to perform then chat to me as well and if you'd like to be on there on the day guess what it's here on the usa global tv and radio platform and uh, that will be shared with you. Um, uh, it, it's always there. You can go onto the website, you'll find it there. We'd love to have you join us. We've got people already telling me, it's 17 hours, by the way, that we're performing for from all around the world. And we've got people saying they've booked off their 17 hours. They've taken, some have taken leave. They're putting their feet up, they're going, having their teas and coffees brought to them because they want to be part of this incredible day so if you'd like to get hold of me again it's janetta at the epiphany process or worldjennysday.com and that's j-e-n-n-y-s worldjennysday.com and thank you dr jackin Thank you very much, Janetta. And thanks to each and every one of you for watching or listening. We really do appreciate it. We're signing off now for our next show is coming up, The Wise Ones with Red O'Laughlin. So please do stay tuned wherever you are. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, USA Global TV and Radio, please do subscribe. We'd love to have you as part of our family. Thanks again. We'll be back shortly. Bye, Janetta. Bye, everyone. Bye. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Bye.